Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets and plants that are important to you. Do you celebrate Valentine's Day? I do. I get cards for my wife and daughter and for my mother, and then I get cards for my daughter to give to her grandparents. Anyway, this past weekend I was at a CVS picking out Valentine's Day cards and candy, and when I went to check out, there was a bit of a line at the registers, but there was no line at the self-checkout. Aha! Now, here's the problem with the self-checkout when you're buying cards. Greeting cards are too light, weight-wise, and the bagging area of the self-checkout isn't able to recognize them as you scan them and put them into your bag. Yeah! So, what happened? Well, the, the machine thought that I'd had items unaccounted for, and it got suspicious, so it starts to to shut itself off and alerts the management by a flashing light on a pole. That was embarrassing. And then a clerk had to come over and tell the computer that I wasn't a thief so that I, I could continue scanning my items. But here was the problem. I had about seven Valentine's Day cards. So every time the clerk would leave her register and then come over and reset the self-checkout machine I was using, the customers in line were getting upset. I, I, I finally said to the clerk, could you please just, just stand here until I'm done scanning my items? And I'm turning around and apologizing to everyone in line for holding the clerk hostage. And then one of the heart-shaped boxes of candy I was buying opened up and the candy spilled out. And I'm trying to stuff the candy back into the box and I'm telling the clerk, I, I promise I wasn't eating the candy before I bought it. And I don't know if she believed me. Uh, the point of all this, I suppose, is to tell you, if you plan on buying valentines, do not go through the self-checkout. In fact, it's probably more heartfelt and sincere if you just make the valentines yourself with construction paper at home. You'll save yourself some embarrassment, and you'll save yourself some money. You know, money that you could be uh, spending on, oh, I don't know, books. And that brings me to my sales pitch. Because, for those who don't know, there are no ads on the People Are the Enemy podcast, and they're is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners of this podcast is if you love the show and you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some quality literature, please consider purchasing one or two of my novels. I'm the author of nine books that are all currently available worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find all nine of my stories in ebook format at Google Play. Just type M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you want paperbacks but you don't want to use Amazon, you can find most of my titles at barnesandnoble.com. BN.com if you're nasty. If you've already purchased any or all of my novels, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. Thank you.
Hello, People Are the Enemy listeners. This is episode 214 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thanks so much for checking it out. Thanks for spending time with me. Yeah, we're up to episode 214. Last week, I, I, I had a string of them. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right up through Monday. And today, I've, I, I've got nothing left in the chamber. I've squeezed it all out of me. That, that means no guests. So what I've, what I've done is uh, I've drawn a bath. So I, I'm going to take a bath today, and you're going to join me. Come on, it'll be fun. Don't be, don't be afraid. It, it's, it's always a good time when I get in the bath. And before I even, I even get undressed, I, I need to mention this, because the last time I did this, I forgot to mention it. First of all, let me just kill the water in here. Looks good. Okay, before I forget, I need to mention that this bit is in tribute to, a tribute to, rather, and attributed to, and inspired by, the genius Phil Hendry, who often has his guests uh, call from the bathtub, which is always funny. Okay, anyways. Uh, I will now get undressed. I am wearing a, a pajama bottoms as I work from home today, and a t-shirt that says, Don't do drugs, and has an image of a demon. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> with his with his arm around a, a sad little boy. Yeah, all class right here, ladies and gentlemen. All right, my shirt is over my head. And now it's on the floor. Okay, uh, here go the pajama pants. And yes, I am wearing underwear. Down come the underwear. And uh, and that's it. I'm as naked as the day I was born. You ready? All right. Okay. Need any other proof? No. Okay, good. Because it would get gross and I'd have to put an adult restriction on this episode if so. Okay. All right. Now let me just uh, set up the, uh, the equipment here. And uh, now I will get into the tub. And here we go. One foot in. Two foot in. All right. I'm standing now in the tub. And now... I am in the bath, ladies and gentlemen. I am submerged as much as I can be. And to prove it, I'm going to take off my glasses now, and I'm going to dunk my head under the water, and I'm going to scream. Okay? This is, uh, this is always fun. Let me just put the shampoo bottle on the ground here so it doesn't fall. Scare the crap out of you. Okay, so I'm taking off my, uh, my glasses, and again, I'm going to put my head completely underwater, and I'm going to scream, so I need you to listen for the scream, okay? So this is how you know it's real, ready? All right, ready? One, two, three. Oh, felt good. Not so much the water, but the screaming was nice. <laughs> oh man, I got a lot of stuff to tell you folks. Oh my gosh, I got some news this week. I guess I'll start at the beginning. This happened at the beginning of the week. Very exciting stuff. I uh, This woman reached out to me. Let me get some soap going too while, while I'm here. And let me get my glasses back on so I can see what's going on. This woman reached out to me via Facebook Messenger. Now normally, if I get a, uh, a Facebook message from somebody I don't know, you know, I don't, uh, 
I don't read it, you know, I kind of just uh, ignore it, because a lot of times it'll be uh, somebody uh, suspicious. How's that? But this looked like an honest-to-goodness person, you know, and I, I said, all right, this this seems like legit, and I started to read her message, and I said, oh, yeah, this this sounds like it could be legit, and I'm glad I... I'm glad I looked at the Facebook message because it turned out it was from this woman who has one of Lola's sisters. Now, Lola is my dog, for those who don't know, and she was part of a breed called, or a litter, called the Friends Litter. And that was because these dogs, all born in Texas, three girls, were all named after characters of the show Friends. Lola's original name was Monica. And this woman said, hi. My dog was Rachel. We renamed her Fruna, and she was part of the friends litter. I wanted to contact you to see how Monica is doing. And I was like, oh my god, this is great. How cool is this? So I immediately responded, and it, it turned out that that morning I had taken Lola to the vet for a booster. You know, a couple shots that, uh, that she needed. And uh, I had made a video, so I sent her the video of me taking Lola to the, uh, to the vet. And I said... Uh, I said, Lola is now renamed Monica, I'm sorry, Monica rather, is now renamed Lola. And we're taking great care of her and she's a lovely addition to the family. She's brought so much happiness and love and uh, we're wild about her. And the woman said, that's great. She said, uh, she said I live in Lowell and uh, the person who has the other sister, uh, who I guess the, the third sister was Phoebe, and uh, was renamed Cora, and she doesn't live far from us either. Now, Lowell is about a 30-minute drive south of where I live in southern New Hampshire. And I said, oh, we need to have a reunion. It'll be like the Friends reunion, right? <laughs> Except it'll be uh, all the, uh, the sister dogs, you know? And this woman said, oh, my God, that'd be so great. So, um, so I said, okay, well, feel free to text me. So I gave her my cell phone number, and she did. She texted me, and she texted me some... Some pictures of Fruna, who looks just like Lola, except she's got a white stripe on her chest. Vertically on her chest. Yeah, so you can picture that. My dog is all black. She's a black lab, about 50 pounds. Black lab mix, I should say. About 50 pounds, you know. And uh, and uh, there's not a speck of white on our dog, Lola. But uh, but on, on Rachel, there was a white stripe down her chest. And yeah, she looked beautiful dog. Looked just, just like Lola, of course. You know, same, same litter and everything. And uh, and I got excited, man. I was like, this is going to be so cool. I, I honestly can't wait for this to happen. I honestly hope that the uh, hope that the reunion happens. I, what I really want is just like a picture of the three girls, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I imagine they're going to be kind of wild when they see each other. Lola's wild when she sees any other dog anyway. It's going to probably be difficult to get the three dogs to sit still for a photo, but I, I'm determined. Um, what else can I tell you? Let's see, I got a lot of news here. Uh, I, well, you know what? I released the name of my book. Um, I, I, I'm not, I wasn't afraid to. A lot of times what I, what I've done, what I've done in the past, I should say, is I've held out to the very last moment before I announced the title of, uh, of my forthcoming novel. And, and in cases like where the, the title was Kissing Oblivion, uh, I thought, wow, it's a really great title. I couldn't believe that, you know, as far as I could find, nobody else had taken it before I published uh, my book, Kissing Oblivion. And uh, when I thought of the title, I thought, oh, there's got to be a book out there already titled this. And there wasn't. I was psyched. But I, I was so nervous about somebody else taking it because that title would be good for a numeracy, a numer you know, 
numerous uh, stories, you know, all sorts of kinds of stories, suspense stories, possibly even horror, you know, who knows. So I kept it a secret right up to the last minute. And, and same thing with the, the last book I, I published, uh, Insatiable Rejects. I thought, well, Insatiable Rejects is a fun name too, and I really would hate to announce it and then have somebody, you know, scoop it up before I published mine, you know, and put, put it as their title, you know. But this, this next book I'm working on right now that is scheduled to come out, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, uh, you know, hoping everybody, including myself, stays healthy between now and late summer, early fall of 2022. Um, the, the title was so original and specific to the story, I thought there's, there's no way that anybody is going to, to jack this title, so to speak. So I said, what the heck, I'm going to announce it. And, and the title... Just so you know, if I, had a, if I had a drum roll sound effect, I'd give you one right now, but I don't. Um, but uh, the, uh, the title is uh, The Peeper and the Playwright. Yeah, yeah, I think you might say, oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's a little silly. Yeah, sure it is, yeah, I imagine. You don't hear the word peeper in too many titles, right? But uh, that's honestly what it's about. It's written from the perspective of a fellow who just happens to be a peeping Tom. And uh, the story it, it centers around a playwright who is... Um, who is writing uh, plays that reflect the uh, authoritarian government in this small city that uh, these folks live in. And uh, yeah, and it's going to deal with themes uh, such as authoritarianism, censorship, and uh, of course voyeurism, because uh, hence the peeping tongue. And uh, I'm psyched. I, I, uh, I was happy to announce it. It felt good to put it out there. It kind of feels like I've... I've uh, it, it feels like it's, the re it's real now, you know what I mean? It's like a real commitment. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of the book. It's coming along. I'm working on it as often as I can. I, I didn't have any chance to work on it this weekend. I had a very busy day on Saturday. And then yesterday, I recorded uh, I recorded my one-hour radio row show for WFMU. Yeah, I, I, I applied to do a radio row hour, which is their guest DJ uh, session on uh, the world's greatest radio station, WFMU, out of Jersey City, New Jersey. Is that my phone? Oh no, I can't take a call right now. It'd be funny if I did. I don't think it's gonna let me decline it either. My fingers are too wet. Okay, <laughs> sorry about this folks. Wow, okay, sorry about that. Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, so I applied to do this Radio Row show, a one-hour guest DJ spot on WFMU. You know, I had to give some credentials as far as um, as far as uh, my 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 fandom of the station. I think helped. I think uh, the fact that I'd interviewed a handful of folks uh, that were DJs or are DJs on that station uh, helped for sure. And uh, they they accepted my application and said, "Yeah, we'd like to have you do this." And obviously, I had to give an idea of what I was what uh, what my plan was for the show, and that was to play. You know, all 45s, like, you know, all vinyl, 45, 7 inches, if you will, that I'd collected over the last quarter of a century, you know, uh, since I was uh, in my early 20s. And plus, you know, and some a little bit further back than that. Anyway, uh, I, I asked my friend Ben Hillman, Big Ben Hillman, if you will. He's a, uh, he's a musician himself, a uh, DJ, uh, a writer, an artist, and, uh, and a producer. And uh, I said, I said, can you help me out? And he said, yeah, there's only one day I can do it, though. And now, mind you, the show is, I've got to record the show on my own and get it to them. I don't live in New Jersey, as I'd mentioned. I live, I live in southern New Hampshire. 
So, you know, they gave me the criteria of what exactly needs to be included in the episode, you know, as far as uh, FCC guidelines and, and reading the uh, station identification, etc. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, basically how to, how, to, how to format the show and the specifications for, for the digital file itself that, that the, uh, the show was recorded as. And uh, I called my friend Ben Hillman as soon as I knew, and he said, yeah, I, I can come over, but this is one day. This Sunday... Uh, April, what was it? What's, the, what's today? Today is, it was yesterday, so what did it happen? April 6th, right? He said, Sunday, April 6th, I can come over and I can help you, but that's the only day I can do it. And I said, okay. So I, I made sure to cut out, you know, the, the day and I thought this, this could take a while, you know what I mean? And, and it did. It did. My friend Ben came over. He brought all his equipment in his car. He was here uh, around 1.30. I had lunch ready for us when he got here. And uh, we ate lunch, and we brought in all the equipment. I'd had the room cleaned up where where we were recording. I had moved everything from uh, that was you know any kind of you know to make room for all the equipment. I I I'd moved everything into uh, the master bedroom in my home in order to make room for Ben's equipment. And he came over and he set everything up, and uh, and and we we worked at that thing for. Well, shoot, man. I, I like I said, around one, probably like you know, we started. We started maybe like he got here around one forty. Maybe we started around two o'clock, and he didn't leave until eight thirty. Yeah, for a one hour radio show. But it it was like there was there was no messing around. Literally, like working the entire time. And fortunately, I had my stuff together. I knew like the records I wanted to play in what order. I had notes written, you know, so I could talk about each each piece of music that I played. And again, all these old 45s have a lot of history with them and, uh, as, and you know, little stories from myself on how I'd found them and came across them. And I'm not going to give anything away. I want you to listen. This show is going to be broadcast on April 24th at 5 p.m. U.S. Eastern Standard Time on WFMU. And it's uh, I'm really proud of it. The session came out great. And Ben did an amazing job. And he's uh, meticulous as far as his, as far as his production work is concerned. So, you know, while we were recording, he'd tell me to stop. We'd, we'd, we'd re-cue a record or cue the next record, etc., etc. Fortunately, I think only one of the records had a skip on it that we had to, so we had to work around. But otherwise, otherwise, it was, uh, it was a solid, solid uh, set from beginning to end. And uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I'm really proud of it. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to it uh, being played on WFMU. And, and I'm looking forward to, to, to you hearing it. I think uh, I think it's really dynamite. Um, okay, well let me move on to something else. Uh, this was kind of funny. This is one thing that kept me busy on Saturday. I had to run a bunch of errands. This is a funny story, I guess. <laughs> I was out running errands and I had had my wife's car because she needed me to get her oil changed uh, while she was at work. She said, "Would you please get my oil changed?" And I said, "Of course, yeah." So I, I drove her to work and I took her car and. Uh, I, uh, I had to make some stops before I, I went and got the oil changed. And one thing I needed was a comforter for the bed. And, uh, and the reason is because like our comforter is really old and half of it's okay. And, but the half that lies over my body, it's like, it's like ripped, like, like, you know, like the cloth is literally ripped and like the, the stuffing is coming out. It's really like horrible. You know what I mean? I get out of bed and like the stuffing like falls out with me. 
stuffing. And it's not like, you know, it's not like feathers. It's like some kind of weird, cheap, synthetic gray material. You know what I mean? That's uh, like, uh, that's stuffed into this, this comforter. The, granted, the com comforter is like, very attractive looking. The pattern is beautiful. And, uh, you know, it goes with the room. <laughs> that's part of the story, I suppose. Goes with the room. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, it, it's old and it eventually ripped. And as it ripped, it, you know, I was, I was left, I'm, I'm left with this, like this hole over, over my chest area when, when I lie under it at night. And then when I slide out of bed in the morning, the, like I said, like the stuffing just kind of falls out with me and I kind of have to like throw it back into the, into the comforter. And it, it was ridiculous. I said, I said, I'm going to get a new comforter. And my wife said, okay, yeah, sure. So again, I'm running errands and, and doing this and that. And I, I go to Walmart and because uh, I needed some other things there for the house. And I found uh, I found a comforter. And uh, I was on the phone with my buddy, Thomas. As you know, Thomas has been a guest a few times on the show. Real life friend, Thomas Austin. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Thomas knew this Walmart better than I did. He said, where are you? And I was like, I told him where I was. He said, okay, on your right, you're going to see uh, picture frames. And then on the next end cab, you'll see uh, candles. And on the next end cab, you'll see this, that, you know. He knew exactly how to steer me right to the comforter section. And I get there, and I'm looking at the comforters that they have. And they're all kind of like in like, um, I don't know what you call them, like laundry bags. I'd call it like a like an army bag, almost like, you know, like with a cinch top. Almost look like uh, um like, uh, what do they call them? A sleeping bag bag. You know what I mean? Kind of like, like wrapped up like that. And I was looking at them all and I was telling Thomas, I was like, I said, what, it doesn't matter, dude, whatever I get, Julie's going to hate it. And he's, <laughs> he's like, he's like, nah, nah. And I was like, no, man, it doesn't matter, dude. If whatever I pick, she is not going to like it. And I couldn't find anything at even remotely similar to, to what we have. This, this, this comforter that's black on the underside and then like has this black and white pattern on the outside. There wasn't, there was no matching it up. So, and everything else was like, it was either like, like, like pink or green or blue. Like the closest thing was this gray. And I was like, well, you know, the room is black and white and the, the walls are like a, a burgundy. Uh, I thought like, you know, gray is, you know, it's just us. It's not like we have like all these people coming in and out of the room. <laughs> Unless my wife has something going on when I'm not around. No, I'm just kidding. But no, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just us in the room and we sleep in this bed in the dark. Like, you know, it's so what if it's, if it's gray, right? So, so I'm just like, all right, this is what I'm getting. And I, I just kept telling Thomas, I'm like, I know she's going to hate it, whatever. It, and I thought to myself, it doesn't even matter. Even if they had something that was sort of similar to what we already have, uh, she would still not like, she'd still find a reason to hate it. <laughs> Cause I know my wife, right? So... <laughs> So, so, so I bring this thing home and, uh, and I wash it first of all, cause God knows, you know, right. And, uh, I want it to, to be as presentable as possible. So I immediately throw it in the washing machine and I, I throw it in the dryer and it's all, all done. And I, I put it on the bed and my, you know, and then I go through the rest of the, the afternoon and the evening. I pick my wife up from work and bring her home and I, tell her all the things I did and I got her oil changed and I got the groceries and I, oh shoot, man, what else did I do? I, well, that was the day I got the Valentine's, you know, hence the Valentine's story in the monologue. And, uh, and I said, and I got a comforter and I, <laughs> I said, it's very soft. <laughs> she said, what color is it? And I said, it's gray. And she says, gray, gray. And I was just like, I knew it. I just said to me, like, I said, I knew it. I knew you'd hate it. it does, I said, it doesn't. 
and, and this is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. We just had our home sided. You know, we had vinyl siding put on the home. And guess what color it is? Gray. And guess why? Because my wife chose it. I said, we just had our house sided gray. Like, you don't want gray? And she's like, well, not in the bedroom. And I was like, I was like oh, my God. I said, honey, I can't sleep under that ripped blanket anymore. This, this is, you can keep it, you know, you can keep the other blanket if you want. I'm just, I need something to cover myself that's not, like, falling apart. And, uh... And she eventually acquiesced, and yeah, she did get a kick out of it, the fact that I, I called it, that I knew her that well, that she would uh, that she would find a reason to dislike whatever I picked out. But again, it was more, it was more the fact that there was no other options, you know what I mean? Like I said, like if I, I, I know better, you know, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like Mr., um, you know, super match-em-up color guy or something. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous, but but you know I knew better to come home with like a with a magenta with a magenta uh, a comforter. You know what I mean? I mean gray gray legit legitimately was the close and white. Obviously, I wasn't gonna come home with something white because you know it, you know it can it gets it get 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 tarnished. It could get a uh, uh, soil whatever anything could happen, right? All right, I'll move on to other things now. I promise. I've exhausted that topic. Uh, you want to hear about uh, old man soft hands? This is a good one. This is a good one. I uh, I came home from walking the dog the other morning, and I said, um, <laughs> I said to my wife, I said, uh, I said, yeah, I ran into Carl. Carl's just this older gentleman who's lived lived in our neighborhood. I think since the neighborhood first went up, which was like nineteen eighty three. So you know, just under forty years. So he's he's uh, older older a man probably probably 70s, and uh, I said, I ran into Carl, and we said hi to Carl. I said, boy, he's got such soft hands. <laughs> my wife goes, my wife goes, how do you know Carl has soft hands? <laughs> Except the guy was giving me a massage, right? No, I mean, it's it was single-digit degrees out there, you know what I mean? We're not, <laughs> not, not out there like a t-shirt or something. And uh, I said, well, well, no, I said, I said what I did was I gave, I palmed Carl some treats to give to Lola, uh, so that she would be uh, sweet to him, and uh, in doing so, I felt the fella's, you know, the fella's palm, and uh, meaning Carl's palm, and it was like butter, man. I was like, holy crap! I said, what is that? And I know the guy's like a hard worker. I've seen him like working on his house and whatnot, and I'm like, how does how does he man how do you manage to keep such soft hands? And I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to get into that. I didn't want. I don't know. You know, make somebody feel insecure or, or weird or something. You know what I mean? And you might say, well, Andy, don't you have a father? And I said, I, th I thought, yeah, I do have a father. But, you know, my father is not a big handshaker. He's, he likes, <laughs> this is wild, he likes a fist bump. He really does. So, so I just bump knuckles with him. So I don't know if, uh, you know, if the soft hands come with age or maybe it's genetics. Or maybe, uh, maybe Carl just takes really good care of his hands. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's using some really quality moisturizer. I don't know. <laughs> it's just shocking to me. It was like, oh, such... Such small hands, uh, such soft hands, such small hands. That was a poem. Um, uh, ooh, what else could I tell you? Oh yeah, this I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I used to live in an apartment, and I I, I think I, I mentioned this on another episode when I talked to Thomas, and uh, peeping was on my mind because hence the, you know, the, because of the in part because of the story I'm working on, the peeper and the playwright, and. Uh, Oh, and I know why this came up. Because he told me... I don't know if he'll get mad at me for telling the story. I can't imagine he will, right? Does he even listen to this podcast anyway, unless he's on it? Probably not. All right. <laughs> anyway, 
he told me like he had me over to to do a recording uh, at his house for his show, and he said he said I'm gonna tell you this in advance, and I, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, but you you really need to walk softly in my in my apartment because my neighbors downstairs they they get so mad. He said. Um, he said, my girlfriend comes over and she, you know, if she's wearing heels and she's walking around the house, you know, they hear it and they complain the next day. They, and then the landlord has to call me and tell me that, you know, to keep it down because it's too loud. And, uh, I said, all right, man, uh, no, no problem. And, uh, as soon as I, I went over there, I was like, you know, I took off my shoes and I was just in my socks and I was careful to like, you know, just pat around softly. And I thought about it, man, like who complains? Like who, like. I lived in an apartment with my mom from the time I was, what, like, three to the time I was, like, 13, you know? Like, at least 10 years. And we were never, like, on the top floor. We were always, like, in the middle or on, like, the bottom floor. There was always somebody above us. And, like, I remember as a kid, like, listening to people move around. Like, there was a woman that lived above us for one at one time, and my mother just called her the mover because it sounded literally like she was moving furniture at all hours of the night. It was just, you hear like some, you know, like the way you like drag a chair across the like, and like, oh, my mom would say, oh, the mover's at it again. And like, my mom never complained. Like she never went to like, like a landlord, oh, I can do, my mother never took like a, a broom and like hit the, the, the roof with it or anything like that. And I said, Mom, who is, who is the mover? And I was just pictured like this shadowy figure above us called the mover, you know? And uh, my mom said, oh, she's a woman. Uh, she's a woman, uh, you know, and, and she, she obviously likes to, to, to move her furniture around a lot, you know? And I just, I pictured like this, this, this older woman, uh, you know, of, of solid build, like pushing furniture around, <laughs> around her apartment and causing, you know, this, this noise uh, that would uh, wake me up or I'd hear it, you know, during the day or all hours or early in the morning, whatever. But again, like, you know, it was nothing we ever complained about. It was just, it was just a way of life. It, it, it was weird. It's like my mom said the mover once fell out of her window. I remember that story. And she said the woman below us, there was a woman in an apartment below us. At this point, it was, you know, we moved a few times in these apartments, but we were in, you know, and it was a three-story apartment and we were at the middle level. And she said, she said, one time the mover fell out of her apartment and the lady that plays the violin downstairs caught her. I was like, what? <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't understand this. I was like, what the hell? And I don't know any of any kind of background on this, I don't know if it was like a suicide attempt. I suppose that's possible. If the woman was inebriated, I don't, I don't know. But my mother told me that story and I, I never forgot it. Um, but again, it was that sort of thing where like, you know, I, I forget that other people, you know, they, I don't know if it's just my mother, the way my mother is just like, you know, and I, I suppose it is the way she is. She's very, very reluctant uh, to, to complain or, and she'll just be like, yeah, this is fine. It was like that dog, you know, in the room on fire, that meme, you know, this is fine. <laughs> it's kind of like my mom, you know, she's like, ah, this is fine. <laughs> so, and yeah, so she never complained about the mover and the mover would, uh, would move furniture at all hours, you know, I'll never forget that. But yeah, and the reason again, why that, that story came up about me living in an apartment as a kid was like, you know, I asked Thomas if he'd ever been a peeping Tom and he said, no, there was no. No, it wasn't a peeping Tom. Uh, but I know, like, you know, kids were, you know. Uh, but I, and I, I told him, I said, he said, were you? And I said, no. I said, I I lived in this apartment building and I'd look across the way and, and you know, there'd be a parking lot between the buildings and I could see every window. It was like, that was, well, it was like that movie, I think, Rear Window, right? With with Jimmy Stewart, you know, where he is like, he is like, um, 
he is on the mend, so to speak. His his foot is in a cast, and he's like keeping himself busy, like looking through binoculars at all his neighbors. Now I wasn't looking through binoculars, but I was, you know, as a little boy, I'd just like sit there in the dark, you know, at night. Sometimes when I couldn't get to sleep, and I'd watch, I'd watch all the other windows in the other apartment building. And uh, I never saw anything titillating. I never saw anything that made me uh, run to my mother and say, I don't want to. You know, I didn't, I wasn't worried. The, the most I think I saw were like people like going to their fridge and opening it and taking a drink out and then like walking away. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I remember. Nothing interesting. Trust me, folks. Uh, the story I'm writing, the peeper in the playwright, the peeper sees a lot more. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Fear not. If you know my books, if you know my style, then you you know, you're in for something special. I, I promise. It's a, it's a good story, and I, I think you're going to enjoy it. And, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed hanging out with me. I'm going to I'm gonna wrap this sucker up here. I, I think this is episode 214. This has been episode 200. Oh, you know what? Let me check. And yeah. This has been episode 214 of The People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. We love you. Peace.